With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Real, real, real. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Ball Girl Magic. Ball Girl Magic. Ball Girl Magic. You go up, I'll go down. Magic. Magic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, first of all, okay. I don't apologize now. Back to back episodes. Yvonne and I so are, you are next to each other yeah. in person. And right now we're actually in a studio. So we have these microphones in our faces and we think we're Mariah Carey. And well, we, we also <laughs> have the, like, the headphones. So I'm about to do one sweet day. The one sweet day. <laughs> one sweet day. And I knew you're crying down on me. Did I just say crying down on me? I don't know the words. You won't, we never know the words. First of all, I would like to thank everyone who's still listening. Yeah. <laughs> this one. Bless you. Y'all are committed fans. Because we can't sing. <laughs> so You can hold a note. You can rap. Last time we did a, a podcast, you tried to play me for my no, rapping. No, 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 You, you definitely had a freestyle, and I, I came with the heat that okay. time. All right, come <laughs> down, Dylan. Dylan, Dylan, more fire. <laughs> Yo, I legit googled him the other day to figure out what he was doing. Wait, what? I did. I googled. I like. Googled, I googled what's Dylan up to? You know, I mean, he's. I'm still trying to put out music. Really? He's, Good he's for him. Well, live your best God life. Bless and, you, Dylan. And pursue your passions. Yo, he's he's out here like he got a couple thousand uh, followers on the ground. I thought she was gonna say dollars, and I was like, that would be petty. I don't know this man's video. <laughs> right. He's living his best life. He's still cute with his little dimple. Look at him. Yeah, Dylan. I want to know though what happened to the other making the band, like folks. Right. I wanted to be a making the band reunion. Like I feel like they should have come out. I with would the watch ditty. the reunion. I I feel like they should have come out with the bad boy reunion. Like they should have come out. They should have come out as a part of it. You know what? People would have been lit for it though. Yo, I definitely would have been. Like, yo, yo, like respect. Like okay, I'm I'm here for y'all. <laughs> like, hot fire. Hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome into ball girl magic and um speaking of hot fire i just yvonne like every time i see you you're you're doing something new different and awesome and this time just wanted to to take a community of people with you and always raising up the nigerian community at all times last night was the the second annual first annual the second the second annual night of nigerian excellence in Los Angeles, how did it go, girl? Well, I wasn't able to be there. I was working NBA games, but yeah, I mean, you, tell you, me about you have it. a job, so that's cool. That was I cool. almost quit my job to be there. <laughs> honestly, girl, that. that's how big it was to me. <laughs> girl, girl. Get them no, checks. Now that you got that HBO money, I can live with you now, girl, right? No, nah, hold, hold on, I can cook. Listen, okay, look at I, I, I just look got rid of Sally Mae. I don't need no, no, I don't need no other folks. Like, to be taking care Yvonne's of. body language completely changed. She looked at me like, girl, I just met you. 
<laughs> Yo, I, I haven't started getting the, the hit ups by families yet. So I was like, you try to put in your bed first. <laughs> right, right. Like, hey, girl. So hey, girl. I, just, I just need a new car. Really, Ross? That's what <laughs> we do it? Girl, you better. Okay, so no. how was, how was the, the night of Nigerian excellence? No, it was amazing. Um, you know, I've always I've always said, you know, when, when I eat, we all eat, um, with the exception of Ross trying to hit me for money <laughs> five seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and, and I mean that in the same way of like, yo, if like if I win, we win in. Like, all of us collectively mm-hmm. and so it was always my desire to have like a night where we celebrate the accomplishments of fellow Nigerians who are like in academia and music and um, entertainment and law and mm-hmm. like whatever whatever your your flavor is if you're killing the game in that like I wanted you to be in that room mm-hmm. um, because it's also like look no further like look no like if you need something your answer is right here in this room and like sure. I think it, it was time to really change the narrative because you know growing up it wasn't cool to be Nigerian I mm-hmm. mean we were everything from African booty scratchers to Absolutely. go back to Africa it's mm-hmm. like bro calm down um, I completely I feel that too like growing up I feel like every well, most kids want to just fit in right or or not be the outcast i remember the the jokes on you know was your dad fighting lions yeah. or do y'all do y'all have a um an elephant in your backyard i'm like right. bro this is not wrinkling brothers how I'm do like, you say your last name all the jokes on ana wudududu like people would say stuff like that you know and then as i remember my dad would always say know where you're from we've said this before know your culture know your people all when people get older now, am I lying? How many friends do you have right now that Ooh, are like, taking low, tests yo. right now to know where they're from? Like, I have like four friends within this like last two weeks who have told me like, oh, I just got that. What's the name of the test? I forgot. Like I just twenty three and me the, and the like ancestry.com. And I found out I'm from this tribe or this. And I remember my dad saying that one day people are going to grow up and be paying money to know where they're from, and you will always know where you're from. And so this is a part of that pride that we have now. Yeah, I mean, and 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 shout out to all those people who are you know kind of taking you know their ancestry and their history right, right. And their, I don't mean to alienate them but I'm just speaking oh, yeah, to absolutely. my experience no no yeah know. because like growing up it wasn't cool to be us like, no, we were, no. like and I was getting picked on by black folk it wasn't even like white people picking on me it was like the black folks like we right. don't like you it's like what did I do to you right. which is right. so crazy because like coming from because I was six when I got here and coming from Nigeria it's like everybody's black so it's just like how are you picking on me aren't we the same and, but mm-hmm. then it was like this chasm this divide mm-hmm. and then of course now like now it's like everybody want a Nigeria friend because we're amazing right Speaking of good, drop the pin. we're not we're not sending those emails. Nah, that's not us. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but but outside of that, we are effing amazing. And so like so, the night was really just mm-hmm. to highlight and big up um, people who are who are who are excelling. And and it was just a beautiful. It was just a beautiful night. People came in there like, they're Agbada. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about like the chief like outfits that you had to like throw over your shoulder. For sure, for and sure. And then like the hats. Like Absolutely. the men the men came through looking like they was trying to like catch. Like royalty. They was trying to catch. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's your queen to be. There, were, there, were there any dowries proposed out you there? You know, we was, like... we was, we was, I was trying to, we were trying to get my, uh, my the, the guests in studio right now married and I, I, I'll get to that. Uh, I was like, <laughs> Like, yeah, like, my par- some- like my parents would say, shine your eye. We were, shine your eye. That's what <laughs> I was like, yeah. So what what does you- shine your eye mean for Shine those? your eye means like, you know, you go to an event. It was like, keep your eye open. Shine it. Shine, like a flashlight. Shine your <laughs> oh eye. Just to make sure. Like, to That's see such you a see Nigerian somebody. mother so telling you to shine your eye. Shine your eye. I'm like, I'm not like a torch. Like, <laughs> like, but, like um, mom, this is church. Like, yeah, yeah. We, I thought we was here to, to praise. Like. In this communion, <laughs> you can get holy with communion if you shine your eye. 
your eyes. Like, I don't <laughs> right, know what's okay. going on. Um, but no, it was just really, it was really awesome. Um, like, and and I think a lot of people like who even weren't even Nigerian because you know we had like people working the event. It was like the bouncer was right. like, "This is not what I expected." He's mm-hmm. like, "I normally do events," which is like old white dudes and mm-hmm. just to see like a classy place filled with nothing but Africans like really just promoting their culture he was mm-hmm. like I haven't seen this um, so it was it was really beautiful and, and and somebody came up to me and was like you need to probably have like a speed dating aspect of this <laughs> at the end of it I was like you know what I, I'll take 10% on all the unions right. that are forced right, right. Um, but we were also able to highlight uh, <laughs> that is also incredibly Nigerian like, <laughs> like come to Night of Nigerian mm-hmm. Excellence also, find a proper husband <laughs> and wife. And wife, just please. And wife. please. I, I have two goats in my in my Uber. I have two goats in my Uber. Right. Whoever you are, you can have one of them. Right. Like, like any any women over thirty five, we will have a speed <laughs> a speed social because it's time. You are it right. Time. You are right. Ripe. Absolutely. We should it's, we should have a section of Nigerian moms just there, like <laughs> guilting and putting pressure on people. If you are over thirty five and you're African, you have been told you. You are ripe. You are ripe. You are overripe, so. <laughs> you are overripe. You are a spotted banana. <laughs> Yvonne. Oh, my gosh. So it sounded so, like a great success. It was. And so we highlighted two, um, two or organizations and two people. The one was Afam um, Onyema, and he has the GN Co. Foundation, which is building hospitals and, and schools in Nigeria, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool because he used to be a former uh, football player mm-hmm. and was just like, you know what? Awesome. I'm not playing uh, ball no more. I want to just, you know, give back. Mm-hmm. And then another young lady that we highlighted who is our in-studio guest today is Tolu uh, Olibumi, who I actually met because I read her story very recently mm-hmm. at the Anti-Defamation League's uh, event at the Kennedy Center. And I was just moved. I was just moved by her story, by... And, you know, we'll get into it. I'll have her just share. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, Tolu, I'm having this event in L.A. I think you should be there. I just think that people should know um, who you are. And right. I think, especially in our community, we should know the work that you're doing and how you're fighting for not just Nigerians, but, like, really any immigrant. Right. Uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the news of late with immigrants. Recently, the um, the president of these United States um, said that he's going to do away with the, the diversity uh, visa. Right. And it was just like, brah, like, because right. of what happened. You know, it was all prompted by what happened in, in New York City, right. which was devastating. Um, but what was interesting is... The day after New York, he's like, I got to do away with all these visas because, uh, you know, obviously the guy who perpetrated those acts was a brown man. Hmm. But the day after Vegas and the day after Charlottesville, there wasn't such a swift action for gun control Mm -hmm. or, you know, hey— Let's let's dial down this like racist speech. Right. It was like ah oh, well you know there were some really good people on both sides. Absolutely. Right. So um so Tolu uh, welcome to the show welcome to Ball Girl Magic welcome Thank you. Tolu Thank you. and uh, for for people I, I always like to introduce I'm sure we will have a chance to dive in through all the different things that you've already accomplished and are trying to do but for all of our listeners Tolu she's a renowned immigrants right activist and undocumented Nigerian immigrant herself. She's in the U.S. working on decreasing the challenges um, facing undocumented immigrants in the U.S. And, you know, Yvonne, listening to you, like, your thoughts, I'm hearing a lot. I'm seeing a lot on Twitter, on social media. And I think first and foremost, as a country, we need to get comfortable um, with understanding how to talk about immigrants in this country Mm -hmm. and perhaps even just 
dispelling, understanding the challenges and dispelling some misconceptions. Like, absolutely. Totally. I mean, where would you even start with that for the education, a starting point for people to really understand the situation for undocumented immigrants in the U.S. for most people in the U.S., the regular person in the U.S. to understand? Yeah, I I think you should start with your story because it's really fascinating, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, thrilling to be here with the both of you. Najapawa, uh, all day long. All day. All day. All day, <laughs> every day. Praise the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. We started starting to praise, honestly. We should have started the episode in praise. You can't have three Nigerians without the praise and praise. Or a heep, heep, heep. Hooray. Hooray. Oh, my God. That is we Man. definitely he he peeped at Nigerian Nigerians. We did. Oh yes. my god! Uh, but go ahead, Tolu. Yeah. Uh, so I came to the U.S. from Nigeria when I was fourteen. I was born in Lagos. I uh, went to school in Lagos for a while and moved to the U.S. because of struggles that my family had in Nigeria. Um, and grew up in in Maryland. Went to high school. Went to college in Virginia. Studied. And you chemical. got a full. You got a full scholarship. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Um, I was blessed to to get a scholarship to a, an amazing school in Virginia. Um, I'd wanted to be an engineer since I was eight, and you know pursued that in school. Settled on chemical engineering after I actually took my first chemistry class, and it kicked my butt. <laughs> but I loved every single minute of it, and decided that I needed more of that in my life. Because why not? <laughs> <laughs> Because why not? I'm Nigerian now. You like a challenge. <laughs> um, and, but I graduated with that chemical engineering degree and uh, realized that I'd lost access to my legal immigration status and I could not uh, work in my field. Hmm. So went And you to, got offers. I did. So you graduated top of your class and then the job offers were coming and you were like, I can't take any of these. I had uh, I had opportunities to work for some amazing companies, um, and I could not take the jobs. Uh, so I went to all of these lawyers, like, "Hey, listen, you know the the companies mostly knew why I couldn't take the jobs, mm-hmm. and things would just kind of go away, but I didn't. Uh, so I started doing my own research, trying to understand what was happening, and then after going to a bunch of lawyers, realized that in 1996 the U.S. Uh, changed the law in such radically significant ways that it made it nearly impossible for folks that are undocumented for any reason, whether Mm -hmm. through, you know, missing a deadline or coming here uh, in an undocumented manner or being brought here by Mm -hmm. their parents like me and other dreamers. So Mm -hmm. those are young people that came to the U.S. um, not without... uh, without being at fault, um, have grown up here. Some Can you have, give me an example of, so I'm, this might sound like a silly yeah, question, no, no. coming here without fault, like how are the ways people would get in as an undocumented uh, immigrant? So I think what most people are familiar with in the U.S. and stereotypically is they cross the border. They came in from Mexico. I think generally a lot of folks are familiar with that as one way to come in to, to the U.S. as an undocumented immigrant. You can also become undocumented if you come in legally. Say you come on a visitor visa and mm-hmm. perhaps you overstayed mm-hmm. your visa okay. or you're here on a student visa and you lose that at some point or maybe you miss a filing deadline with U.S. immigration. Then there are a thousand and one ways for you to become undocumented, mm-hmm. uh, but next to none um, to be able to, quote unquote, get right with the law. So, so what happened in 96? Was there anything that happened to cause it to change so drastically? There, So there was a lot of uh, anti 
the anti-immigrant fever, fever was stri- starting to, to boil in, in, in the U.S. And beyond that, there was this focus on criminalizing being here as an undocumented immigrant as opposed to focusing on integration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what was passed in the Congress and signed uh, by that President Clinton was a bill that closed the ways in which undocumented immigrants actually got right with mm-hmm. with the law um, and doubled uh, funding for deportations wow. um, and more than doubled, actually. And you saw a dramatic rise in how many people were undocumented prior to the 1996 law and following it. So there was suppo- this was supposed to be a crackdown on undocumented immigration, but all it did was just focus on criminalizing even long-term U.S. residents. Mm-hmm. Even green card holders could now be deported for, you know, certain crimes that have been committed even after they've paid their dues to society. And so that absolutely increased, uh, you know, the the vast majority of undocumented immigrants being in the U.S. It also closed avenues for folks who would come here to work. So a lot of seasonal workers would come in, Mm -hmm. work, go back home. Mm -hmm. But then the U.S. made it near impossible for them to go back and forth. And so they stayed. Right. And of course, when people stay, they're not going to stay. You know, father's not going to stay without his wife, his kids, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so the families came and they stayed. Uh, and there were no avenues for those folks to get in, quote unquote, in line. How is there a community of people that are keeping this on the low, that they're an undocumented immigrant, like try- basically hiding? And then there are some that are able to raise their hand and say, I'm an undocumented immigrant. Are there penalties? Are, are there Absolutely. For every undocumented immigrant like me that shares their story, there is a significant risk. Uh, There came this rise in the U.S. uh, where undocumented immigrants led by the dreamers. So dreamers are undocumented young people that have grown up in the U.S. I came at 14. Uh, There are folks that came in when they were two months old. Uh, There are folks that came in when they were six months. Mm -hmm. But then they have never been provided an avenue to actually gain legal status. Mm -hmm. And so the the dreamers are named for legislation in Congress that would actually give legal status and ultimately citizenship to young people like me. And it's incredibly intense. So it narrows the pool of who would qualify. So coming when entering the U.S. before you turn 16, Mm -hmm. going to high school here, going to college or joining the military, you know, and and being of good moral character, which is a term in law that just says, you know, you're a good person, haven't committed crimes, haven't, you know, you've just stayed right with the law. Mm-hmm. You have to pay whatever taxes um, that you owe. Most uh, undocumented pay at least some form of taxes mm-hmm. as opposed to what most people think. So it... Um, so there, you so you actually were integral in do in in kind of creating the legislature that led to the Dream Act. So the Dream Act has actually been around since two thousand and one. So Congress has been failing to pass the Dream Act since two thousand and one. I started working in advocacy uh, in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, following, yeah, you know, I was actually inspired to to start this work by the Obama campaign um, mm-hmm. and the Clinton plan- campaign. So that presidential election really sparked in me. Uh, a desire to go beyond just living in in fear and asking myself if I consider myself American in every way but paperwork, which most dreamers do, mm-hmm. and, and I, I would venture to say most undocumented immigrants do, uh, then what am I doing to prove my citizenry? How am I helping to create that more perfect union that we're all seeking after? Mm-hmm. And I decided that the part that I could play was support an organization that was instrumental in helping to write this legislation, had been pushing for it for many, many years. So I want to piggyback that. Um, so what do you think it means to be American? And, and what do you hope 
your life and the lives of other people who might be coming or right now be an undocumented, undocumented immigrant, what do you think their American life should be? You know, I think that whether you are an undocumented immigrant or you're a legal immigrant or you're a U.S. citizen, the or naturalized U.S. citizen or you're many generations removed from your immigrant story, this land is in his history um, founded, built by immigrants. There is a long line of of immigration within our, our blood. That's kind of how we renew the quote-unquote Americanness that is America. It's through the hard work and the dedication of immigrants. So I think for all people, whether they're undocumented or illegal immigrants, they are, we're all seeking after the American dream. And that takes shape in, in different ways. Um, and and I, I think it's so important to recognize the humanity in people and their mm-hmm. commitment to making America the best possible one, not just for them, but also also for their communities. And that's what we're all seeking after. Right. We're just trying to live. Humanity is a really important word, I think, you know, humanity and it, compassion, com- compassion. And I feel like people when they hear this topic sometimes get scared. Yeah. yeah. Are they taking jobs? Yeah. Are are what are we competing against? Are they coming in here and and committing crimes and and hurting people are they stealing are they raping people like but it's like what american mi- citizens commit crimes american citizens you people know like people are people don't 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 work and do work and you know it's just like it's like american citizens there an american citizen shot up over 500 people in las vegas and still people were like, well, it was, you know, he was a grandfather. And he it was like, he he was a terrorist. <laughs> he was a homegrown terrorist. Mm-hmm. But because he wasn't of brown hue, it's not looked at the same. So it's just like, everybody, calm down. <laughs> but what I think is, what I think is really interesting about your story, and when I heard it, I was just like devastated by it. You did all this work. Um, to push the DREAM Act. Uh, you introduced President Obama, was it in Congress? At the White House. At the White House. That had to be pretty cool. It was, was kind of awesome. <laughs> and, I mean, like, like, like you're, you're, you're living the dream. Yeah, like, you, I, like, you I, are I, a dreamer living the dream. Right? Right? Like, like, it was like, awesome. I want to meet President Obama, but like you, you, through your story. And do you again, have his phone number? Y'all cool? Like, do you... You and him. can I plead the fifth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that okay? I don't know. Secret <laughs> Service might, might like take this podcast. Code name blue. Code blue. Code blue. Ballgirl Magic episode eighteen. We have to take it down. Take it down. Take it down. But but then when the Dream Act did pass, you were what four to six months. So so what President Obama? So we failed to pass. We came closest to passing the Dream Act mm-hmm. in in twenty ten, which is you know legislation that I, I I worked on for many years. And you know in in twenty twelve, after all the work that we've done, after undocumented immigrants had put themselves at risk, mm-hmm. Dreamers from coast to coast has stood up without any protection mm-hmm. um, and without any sort of. Um, trust that they would be able to go back home after they stood in front of an entire room full of people to say, I'm here, I'm undocumented, this is my story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Following that, we continued to push the White House to do something. Since we couldn't get something done in Congress, we asked the president to do something. And that's when he issued the executive order called DACA. Mm -hmm. So most people have heard Mm -hmm. about DACA over the past few months and what uh, the current president is uh, trying to do with DACA, which he has essentially done is rescind it. Mm-hmm. I know they there is this. Oh, it, it's 
we're, we're spacing it out and winding it down. The truth is there are people that are already um, in mortal danger of being in, in, in danger of being being deported. Um, and so President Obama created a way to actually protect dreamers, a certain mm-hmm. class of dreamers, by giving them work permits, the ability to stay, the ability to get driver's mm-hmm. license if their states didn't allow them to get driver's license. On the day that he announced that executive order, I w- order. I was on the cover of Time magazine um, with other dreamers and a few of us, about three or so of us, uh, missed that. Missed that. That um, window. That window. To be protected under DACA. Exactly. So there was an (sighs) upper age limit. So you had everything with the Dream Act where you came in before you were 16, you went Mm -hmm. to high school, college, military, all this stuff. But then there was now this arbitrary upper upper age limit where you had to be under 30. Hmm. I turned 31 just a few months prior. And so I could not benefit from DACA. And I'd fought for DACA. And I continue Mm -hmm. to fight for DACA. And DACA has actually protected about 800,000 undocumented immigrants. These are dreamers that willingly gave all of their information to the government Mm -hmm. um, and said, I am trusting you with my name, where I went to school, Mm, where I live, live, where my parents are, where my siblings are. And you are going to, for for that trust and for my... $500, Mm -hmm. um, I am going to get, you know, vetted by you. Um, So fingerprinted, Mm -hmm. biometrics, et cetera. And then I'll be able to get a work permit if I pass all of those. And now all of those 800,000 people that are required to be in school or working. Mm-hmm. And so 92% are, in, are are working and a part of our economy mm-hmm. are in danger of danger. one, losing their jobs and being deported. So I am, I am curious now for you, right? As someone who is a loud voice, an advocate for this, for people that don't want to see this, this type of progress made on the issue. Um, now that you have shared your story and are not protected, I mean, do you, as, is there anybody trying to, do you ever get worried they may try to deport you or, you know, attack you? I, You're vulnerable. Absolutely. I am completely vulnerable. And I have been since I started sharing And not my just story. because you shared. I mean, you are one of the leading voices. Yeah. I mean, it could be that people might want to quiet you. Right. But I think the beauty of it, too, and again, you can speak to this, is that's the bravery. That's right. The, that's the, the right, stance. That's what I'm asking. I want to yeah. know, like, how do you, how do you so, handle that pressure every day? So for me, I came into this. I, I've, I've always been a sort of... Uh, a reluctant advocate in, sort of, in terms of sharing my own personal story. I came into this because I wanted to help other people. And I didn't start sharing my own personal story, which is actually the worst kept secret in D.C. for a long time because mm-hmm. I was working on the back end helping other dreamers share their stories. But I didn't think my story was that important, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was mm-hmm. special or anything like that, that people needed to hear my story. But the more I went to the Hill and I would sit with senators and members of Congress or their staff and they would think that I I was a lawyer with the Mm. immigrant advocacy group I was with and say, well, you just don't understand. Mm -hmm. These people don't speak English. What we need are STEM graduates. (laughs) Like this is, you know, that's what we need in our country. We need to fight for that. And I realized that, oh, wait. These people, these legislators that are writing these laws, some of them don't understand That there are black immigrants. Mm -hmm. Um, There are STEM graduates that are undocumented immigrants. There are white immigrants. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, there are Scottish immigrants, Irish immigrants. The Irish have 
50,000 undocumented immigrants in the U.S. And the Irish um, has the, the the Irish government has been quite vocal in terms of advocating for for their folks. So there, it, this issue just goes far beyond race and gender and ec- socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. It is a broad problem that needs to be faced. And so I came into this issue and started sharing my story because it needed to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continue to share it now because it still needs to be told now more than ever. And I, I don't think everyone is called to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so if if you have been called to do it and and you are able to do it, then I think you have a responsibility to do whatever it is that you can. And I say that knowing that this is an extremely serious mm-hmm. um, and personal decision. It is not an easy one to take. And I absolutely do not expect or encourage every undocumented immigrant uh, to get up and say, I'm undocumented. Mm. I think for some folks, the bravest thing they can do is get up, go to work and feed their kids. Yeah. I think that's their part. And I think, again, I think to your part, Roz, is like, you're you're immensely brave for taking the stance, for having this voice, for saying, you know what? It's almost like an Esther moment. If I perish, I perish. <laughs> but I gotta, but I gotta do what I gotta do for my people. And and what I love is that you're putting a face that is different than other faces that mm-hmm. people kind of uh, like allocate to the immigration um, issue. And also like the stuff that you have to go through. Like, and if I could just share, just because I know a little bit about your about your story, is that your father passed away in what nineteen twenty uh, two thousand six. And you had to make a decision, do I go home to bury my father mm-hmm. and risk losing my status or stay here in America knowing that I will not see my father to his final resting place just so that I can stay here and continue to try and better my life? What did you choose? I I stayed. I'm still here. If I had left, I would not be sitting here with mm-hmm. you right now. And and that is a choice. That is just those Imagine those mm-hmm. everyday, some are simple, but others are detrimental, those choices that... People in your in your situation, Americans in your situation have to face and deal with every single day. And so for that, I just I just thank you for using your voice in this way, mm-hmm. for also being, you know, very open about saying, hey, listen, this is not for the faint of heart. And if you don't choose to use your voice in this way, we're, it's like it's not a penalization on who you are. It's like you have to do what you have to do to protect your family. But for I think you, what you do is humanize mm-hmm. the immigration story and you lead people to have more and more compassion um, because it's like every day has to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Every Like how do you feed yourself if like you can't work in right. a way that you can get finances coming in regularly. I mean, listen, I'm an artist, mm-hmm. so I know what it was like when it was like, listen, I, I'll do any job. <laughs> like, right, right. I'll, I'll try to do any job. And that's like, if I could get a job, you're like, I'll do any job. Right. And it's like, you can't. We can't, you can't work. Or, you know, we just don't want to take the liability on. Meanwhile, you're a college graduate mm-hmm. and you had offers. So that's that. I mean, I commend you in so many ways, shape and form. Thank you so much as well. And I I think, too, it's not just your bravery and other undocumented immigrants either sharing their story or whatever. I think it's I think it doesn't just have to be the the battle of those people. I think that there I imagine there would have to be the voices and the action Mm -hmm. um, of people who Who are are here, who are documented, who are U.S. citizens. Absolutely. So like. 
this conversation is really healthy. The awareness is big. And now as, you know, we, we do have to, it's sad, we could go on forever, but as we start to wrap it up, I'd, I'd love to know, like, what can U.S. citizens do, people who are here legally, how can they make a difference? And also to, to tag on to that, like, what is the, this is kind of a joke we had yesterday, but like, what is the one way that you could stay here legally? <laughs> so, so she's alluding to the fact that after going to a bunch of lawyers before I started working in advocacy, I quite literally had one lawyer tell me, you're a pretty young thing, find a nice young man and get married. Wow. So I, the, the options were a change in U.S. law or marriage to a U.S. citizen. Um, so I, I took the easier route and decided to help change U.S. law. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> because for right. Him, it's hard out here for a single woman. Right. 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 Is that how hard it is to find a good man right now? I'm like, we got to change laws instead of getting married? Change laws. Is that where it's at? It's it was easier that. to be like, Obama, I'll come to the White House and work with you on right. this one. <laughs> right. That is the state of that dating is, right man. now. We gotta, man, we got to have, have Tinder for, for, for citizens right. and undocumented uh, uh, citizens as well. Oh, That's my crazy. God. Oh, my God. Anyway, what, what can we do if we're, if we're moved by the conversation and we're like, all right, what can we do to make a difference and help progress this? Yeah, absolutely. I think the very first thing you could do is continue these conversations and share the stories. Share my story. Share stories of your friends, your neighbors. I think that's incredibly important. That's part of what we did with Immigrant Heritage Month is allow folks to have this conversation. What you is Immigrant Im- Immigrant Heritage Month? I know you started that. We meant to get to it. So what is that? So Immigrant Heritage Month is actually June. We founded Immigrant Heritage Month uh, in 2014 and it's been going on ever since. Um, so every month, the U.S actually now celebrates Immigrant Heritage Month and it is a thing of beauty that on an undocumented Nigerian immigrant is now basically enshrined in the annals of American history as being a co-founder of Immigrant Heritage Month, which I think is just, Mm -hmm. that's what America is about, right? And what we did was create a space for as many Americans as possible to come in and have a conversation about this. This does not have to be a political thing. It can be a, hey, you know, you're Irish, your family came here God knows how many generations ago, but you have that immigrant heritage. Tell me about it. Mm -hmm. Or you... Or right off the boat. There are no boats anymore, but basically, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Like, you just came and you still have that thick Nigerian accent going. Like, tell me about that. Um, So I think it's it's really about connecting with people and not living in isolation. There is a beautiful immigrant story within everyone, whether you're first generation, 10th generation. Continuing that conversation is incredibly important and asking our Congress to do better. So right now, you can ask our Congress to pass the DREAM Act. We want a clean bill before before the end of the year, that is one thing that you can help. Like, if you can't find me a husband, can you at least <laughs> pass the dream act? Right. <laughs> Anybody got a cousin, a grandfather, right. Right. grandfather. Listen, so girl, the AARP benefit is going to come through for you. Look, y'all are so act silly. Like, act like you know. I'm so mad passing the dream act is easier than finding a man in 2017. <laughs> it's real in these streets, y'all. It's real. If, you're, if you're a good man, uh, step up. Call in. Step call up. in to Walk Over Magic after, Hashtag. after the dark <laughs> <laughs> right because we in the studio right now right we have uh tolu here <laughs> but no seriously because we do have to wrap up thank you so much we have thank tolu olubumi here thank you so much for your time for your bravery for your story for sharing this um and, and giving a face to the situation i think absolutely. a lot of times it's easy to say a lot of things when the problem and the situation is faceless but you give a face um and a voice to the situation so we just thank you for that 
Thank All you. Right, Thank you girl. so much. It was an honor. All right, Thank girl. You oh, and I gotta say, um, before we wrap up, uh, totally uh, not, not, not very. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Not related to, to this conversation. This is a. Uh, I'm pulling a Roz. Yeah. In this uh, shameless plug. Oh, for, absolutely. For I'm, I'm always here for a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sh- shout plug. yourself out. Let's shout do it. Out. So my first magazine cover is. Oh my goodness. Oh my. You know what. That should have been me throwing the lob. <laughs> the I, was, I was so taken by Tolu. I completely <laughs> forgot how excited I was when Yvonne was on Radiant Health magazine, yeah. her first ever <laughs> cover. <laughs> and Radiant couldn't have been a better title of the magazine that you had for your first cover. Seriously, yeah. you were glowing. I got tears right now. These are thug tears. No, right. <laughs> Seriously, Is it okay though. if I say how proud I am? Please. Speak, I am. Speak your truth. <laughs> I, I, so we met on Monday, and she has changed my life in ways that I could, couldn't have imagined. Just the light of her radiating on me has right. made me a better person in a thousand different ways. And it is an honor to know you. I am so blessed. This is, I have found my soul sister and I love it. I love it. Congratulations on all of the amazing work. And you have to see this magazine. Oh my God. <laughs> you can see it at every Barnes and Nobles. Pop, pop, uh, pop, pop, pop. pop. Um, it, it dropped on shelves Friday, November 3rd. So go pick it up. I'm about to go and get one right now and I want you to sign it for me. Done and, and done. I want you to put lipstick on and kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, this is your 10th. This is your 10th edition. The only print to a year. So it's like a coffee book Ooh. collector's item. Because uh, so it's, it's mad thick. Um, but yeah, it's oh, like... Oh, okay. So well, jeez. It's real. Geez. It's real Congratulations. Street. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you, boo. Um, so, okay. I think that's a perfect way <laughs> to end. No, for real. It's a perfect way to end this ball girl magic. I hope all y'all listening are radiant as well with the and knowledge inspired. and James yeah, you've man. taken in. And we'll see you for the next one.